Hey, it's Dr. Mike T. Nelson, back again with the Flex Diet Podcast. All things related to increase in performance, body comp, and health via a flexible approach. Again, we're sponsored by the Flex Diet Certification. Go to flexdiet.com, F-L-E-X-D-I-E-T.com. You can sign up to the waitlist there. So you'll be the first one notified once the certification opens again. And that'll also put you on the daily newsletter, which is most of my content now. Probably 90 plus percent goes out via the newsletter. So I can just write about whatever I want related to these topics and send it directly to you. So go to flexdiet.com. Today on the podcast, my buddy Mario from Toronto, Canada is back on again. You may remember him from a previous episode where we talked about gym protocols regarding COVID and what to uh, look out for and what gyms are doing. Today we kind of go through a brief rundown of some of the more popular gym and fitness chains in, I'd say, probably the world and especially in Canada and North America. What are some of the pros of them? What are some of the cons? And if this is not necessarily a gym that you normally work out in, I'd be willing to bet you've got friends or family members um, that do. And they may not necessarily want to hear your opinion about it either. So you can send them this podcast if you like. Uh, So check out a discussion here. With Mario, thank you so much for listening. Here we go. Cool. Welcome to the Flex the Diet podcast. And uh, my guest Mario is back here again. You may recognize him from a previous episode where we talked about what gyms are doing in the, the midst of COVID and trying to get ready and to open. And today we have kind of a, I wouldn't say a similar topic, but uh, he had a good idea of presenting you know, what are some different options for people in terms of commercial gyms that are out there versus training in your garage? And what are some of the claims that are made and are they accurate or non-accurate? So welcome back to the Flex Diet podcast. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to sit down with uh, with you, Mike, and, and kind of talk no nonsense about uh, what's going on out there and uh, I've always seen you as a, a voice of reason in a, oh, in, a sea of, in a sea of craziness, you know. <laughs> no, always, I'm more crazy <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, buddy. Tell me. But yeah, ever since the beginning, when when I first kind of uh, uh, started reading your stuff, but way back on T Nation, like I guess, oh like yeah, back in the day, years ago, yeah, way back then, even longer, 15 years ago, it kind of. Uh, 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 it, it always intrigued me your approach and your your level, even-handed kind of evidence-based approach. You're one of the first to use those terms, evidence-based approach. So I respect that, and I think that uh, as much as you influenced me very, very much in my career, my development over the last few years. So I I I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, thank <laughs> very you so much. much. I appreciate that. And now, unfortunately, the evidence base is almost, in my opinion, gone so far the other way that if you don't have 17 studies to support something people yeah. get all mad but that's a i mean that's another topic for another day 
And yeah, fair enough. I mean, but it, it kind of ties in. It's a nice segue to what yeah. we're talking about today, which which really is exactly that. Like everybody touts evidence, and as you refer to them as PubMed ninjas, and and they cite this study and that study and the other one, and all that is great. But ultimately, to the end user, uh, and by that I mean the 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 the, the fitness consumer, does it really matter? I mean, yes, because it keeps everybody honest, but. They're not going to go through reams and reams of data. They're not going to read paper after paper to try to determine, you know, one one little bit of information versus another bit of information and, and then compare it. Oh, was this a gold standard study? Was this a peer-reviewed study? And how many citations? They're not going to do that. So it's, I think it's up to us who are the those front-facing health and fitness professionals to kind of wade through that for them and help kind of encapsulate into a digestible format and say, here you go. And, and again, if I may, if I may uh, be a bit wax a little bit sycophantic here, you've always been really good at that. You've always been really good at taking really, really complex knowledge and ideas and taking it down into a really uh, uh, digestible format. And I think that's something that, that we can continue to do here with something that's simple, as simple as, as this. Yeah. Um, so some of the more so so right now, as I mentioned to you before we started the podcast, I'm working with an organization called Tap Out Fitness, and uh, Tap Out Fitness, uh, you may be familiar with the brand. They were affiliated with the UFC and and, and right. whatnot. So now they've kind of um, they've kind of expanded their brand into more uh, what they call martial arts infused fitness. Hmm. And um, in the U.S., uh, there's about thirty some odd locations right now, and they tend to be smaller studios. In Canada, we're taking a slightly different approach, where I am in Toronto. Our first flagship location, it's uh, it's, it's almost 30,000 square foot facility that we're building. Wow, that's and, good size. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, you, when you come up, you've got to see it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's definitely. Really, it's really beautiful. And what we're doing is we're running um, these classes, these fitness infused, sorry, these martial arts infused classes but we'll also have a full service offering, a full gym with, you know, all the, the standard, uh, uh, you know, life fitness, Cybex, uh, uh, all of that stuff, uh, weight training equipment, you know, barbells, dumbbells, platforms, all that stuff. So it's great. Um, and so what I've been working on the last little while is making certain that we have the right um, marketing to support both of those things. And based on my work in the past with other organizations i've seen that there's a real a lot of confusion in the in the consumer base um to a market rather of what all these things do so you know i mean we all we've all heard of crossfit we all know what crossfit is as a branded uh, kind of uh, form of exercise and everybody has an opinion on crossfit good or bad and that's not necessarily fair some of the some of the things that have been levied towards crossfit are unfair uh, some of them are and, but that holds true with any organization. They're just the, one of the first and the biggest to develop that real sense of community. Yes. Um, which has been intensely helpful and I think is one of the most amazing things that they do. Is Definitely. that incredible sense of, oh man, that sense of community, it, it's, it's remarkable. Um, you know, my, my partner, she, um, uh, she did CrossFit many, many years ago as her first foray into, into exercise, formal exercise, and did it for a couple of years until she was hurt, which is, you know, that, that's the whole other, that, that's the discussion there of any event. But I can tell you, it's been about five years, six years since she's done any CrossFit, but yet she still maintains all of those friendships that she made in there. Yeah. And most of them, and most do not participate in the activity anymore, but yet they're still, like they still go to the Christmas parties for the studios, the boxes rather. It's remarkable. 
you know, and that's that to me is um, is really amazing. And uh, and kudos to CrossFit for doing that, you know, uh, Uncle Rabdo and Pukey the Clown notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah. The other part I think is amazing about CrossFit, too, is that if you would have told me eight years ago, there's going to be a new franchise model, whatever, if we just use those terms. And it's going to be old school gyms. There's going to be no machines, no treadmills. You're going to have rowers, some airdyne bikes, mainly barbells, bumpers, people doing Olympic lifts. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be most gyms I saw, even now, it's going to be more women than guys at the gym. And you can go to any major city almost in the world now and have access to a gym like that. I would have said, you are batshit insane, crazy. That'll never happen. I would love this. This would be amazing. But that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And I was completely wrong. <laughs> and, and you know what? We all were. Yeah. And that's quite like we, I'm, I'm, again, just like you, when it first came on the scene, I thought, this is insane. No one's going to do this. No one understands what it is. No one, you know, you're not going to get women to go and, you know, do clean impresses and deadlifts. Yeah. We can barely get them out of the, at the time, you can barely get them out of the Zumba class or the, you know, the, the, the body pump class right. to get them to, you know, up, up in the, in the, in the regular gym. So, but they did it, man. They yeah, did it. And that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And kudos to them. Totally. So that success obviously has spawned some real, um, I don't want to say, uh, uh, imitators, because there are new who have taken that concept. And I think the biggest strength of CrossFit is, as I mentioned, the, the sense of community and able to take that and apply their interpretation of science to create workouts. And, you know, one of the first and the most, one of the largest now is Orange Theory. And mm -hmm. um, I know up around here we have, you know, there's, there's dozens and dozens Orange Theories in, in the Toronto area where I am and effectively all over Canada. I think they have a, a few hundred studios all over Canada now and it's massive. Um, and I did some work with them years ago, setting them up in various provinces throughout the country. Um, and, you know, Orange Theory, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with, uh, you, do you have them anywhere in your neighborhood there? Yeah, there's a yeah. fair amount of them around now. They've kind of grown in popularity quite a bit over the last couple of years. They really have. And that's, that's a, a large virtue of that, frankly, is their, their marketing to franchisees has been very, very strong. Uh, and the promise of you can be rich off your, you know, the, the standard, mm -hmm. which is a whole other discussion. But we're not going to talk about the yeah. business model today. That's a different discussion. But uh, certainly the, the, the science behind it. I remember when Orange Theory first opened up and I started seeing them popping up. Um, I didn't know what it was. And uh, I, there were, I just thought it was Orange Theory Fitness. And I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was a juice bar at first. It was really yeah, quite confusing. Yeah, kind of sounds that way. <laughs> yeah. And, they, you know, because they had the windows all covered up with the decals and we couldn't see in. And anyway, so I figured out what it was. And so the basic premise, for those who don't know, is the idea is that you're going to do a workout that's cardio based, has some resistance component, and you're going to keep your heart rate in the orange zone, right? The, the fat burning zone. And I put that in for, the, for those who, who are listening. I just did major air quotes there <laughs> on that. All right. Um, and and again, so. The idea is that you're going to go, you're going to burn, you're going to do a, a, a section of, 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 I believe it's um, on a treadmill, and then you're going to do some kind of strength-based movement, usually with a, with a, like a suspension trainer, like a TRX or, or some kind of relatively light dumbbells, and then you're going to go to a rower, and you're going to go through this circuit. Uh, oh, sorry, I should give a caveat. Um, 
things have changed for all of these class suppliers now by virtue of the post-COVID reality oh, yeah. uh, where you're not sharing equipment. And we'll talk a little bit about that if we have the time, but it's not as important as understanding the premise behind it. So the idea is you're going to go and you're going to do this functionally cardio-based workout. Uh, and from my understanding, and again, I want to be clear, things may have changed since, um, but it was principally cardio-based, and up to 30 minutes, I believe, of the 40 or 45-minute workout was based on being on a, uh, some kind of treadmill or, or, or elliptical, keeping your heart rate up in that orange zone. Um, it's led by one instructor, and it is um, uh, per, per group. Uh, at the time, it was up to you know, 15, 20 people, depending on the size of the studio. Uh, now it's significantly less, um, and, uh, and you, you do your workout, be done, go home, that's it. Efficient fast, useful, and a lot of people got some benefit from it. Um, my concerns as a fitness pro when, when this came out, and one of the, the, the criticisms that I, I have is its, it's dependence and, and its um, bringing, bringing cardio, particularly running on a treadmill, to the forefront. And to me, that uh, it's very, very, I don't find that very efficient, let's put it that way. You know, uh, and and especially when we, uh, people like yourself, myself, and others, have spent so much time trying to get people off the treadmills. Not again, not to say, not to judge them as ultimately bad, but to get them to doing some strength training to really kind of focus on building that muscle, really focus on changing that metabolism at a permanent level or a relatively permanent level. It, I saw this as almost a step back, you know, and I found that very disappointing. Um, you know, anything that gets people exercising that as long as it's not contraindicated, obviously to me is going to be a good move. But I, I felt like we were we were going back down the same path of, you know, just get your heart rate up and that's all that matters. And yeah, that's yeah, exactly. I found it. I was just disappointed. That's the feeling I had from it. Like, what what, what do you think? Like, what what was your take on something like that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think if anything yeah. that gets people moving is going to be better. Right. Be better. Now, if you right. compare doing that to nothing obviously it's going to be better you're going to get an increase in heart rate you're going to get Absolutely. some movement all of that i think is great i think you could probably the catch-22 is that people want to sweat and i think that's what crossfit did really well is yes. that people felt pretty beat down they felt like they got a quote workout in um unfortunately that as we know has the downside of literally rewiring your brain to be fatigue seeking like the goal yes. isn't how much more weight can you lift? How, f how much faster can you run? How many more Watts could you do on a row or whatever? It's, oh boy, I need to go in and I need to like crawl out of the gym. And then that, that must be progress. And obviously you can make progress doing that for a while, but you're going to plateau. And what I've seen with a couple of clients who I've had, who've did a lot of just, let's say circuit training is they kept seeking to make it harder and harder. But when we started measuring their performance of what they were actually doing, their performance was actually starting to go down. So physiologically, they were stuck. They weren't seeing the result. And then they get really lost because they're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm trying harder. I feel more fatigued, but I'm not getting the result. And so then trying to rewire that framework is is kind of challenging. And and I think that you just nailed it. And it is about rewiring the brain, you know, uh, and I'm not necessarily talking neuroplasticity here. That, that certainly uh, sure plays a component, but it was that reward center that, you know, Definitely. that we're, 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 we're now rewarding that sensation. If you're not lying on the ground, 
devastated after a workout, you you weren't successful. Yeah. And it's and it gets reinforced by the culture within the organization where everyone is telling you the same thing that it's some kind of a badge of honor. If you're not yep. vomiting, if you're not absolutely devastated. You're not you're not part of the club. You're not you're not part of this special unique team that we've created here. And that to me that is dangerous, really yeah. dangerous. You know. But so so I think Orange Theory took it a step beyond that. And again, they weren't going for all out, you know, balls to the wall intensity. That's why they're, you know, they're orange zone, again, air quotes, right? Um, so kind of keeping people within a relatively uh, safe level of intensity, you know, that, that whatever the 60 to 70% uh, fat burning zone. Um, and that was useful. Okay, but then again, is the activity in and of itself the most efficient? My my ultimate kind of uh, conclusion of that is I'm going to say no. Uh, I don't think it's the most efficient. Uh, I think, as you said, better than nothing. Again, as long as it's not contraindicated. Um, but doing you know 30 minutes of, of running on a treadmill um, and, and uh, a, a, a rower, sure, great. But is that what we really want people to be doing in terms of getting stronger and changing their metabolic rate and, 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 uh, you know, doing, uh, uh, getting themselves more prepared for ADLs and just life in general, anti-aging, uh, joint support, you know, skeletal structure, all that stuff. Are we doing that? I'm going to say on a scale of one to 10, I've had to rate it in terms of that orange there. I'm going to give it about a four or maybe a five. Um, and to me, again, not to say that it's, it's a bad thing. If running is your is your jam and you get and you enjoy it, then you know then Orange Theory is where you want to be. Um, but I'm not, and also in my terms, I don't want to pay that kind of money just to run on a treadmill because it's pretty yeah. pricey. I don't know if you're familiar at all with the, the pricing of it. I think it's, it's on the more expensive, expensive side, from what I've seen. Yeah, you're you're looking upwards of uh, in I know up here we're looking upwards of about two hundred dollars a month. Uh, for access for unlimited classes and that kind of thing. Again, all of this is changing now post-COVID based on limitations, but it, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. So you're looking at some pricey things. Uh, and now we're starting to bump into the, the neighborhood of one-on-one -on -one instruction, you know, and, and, and to me, that's always the, the gold standard. Um, so from there, we go to, um, you know, there was one, uh, I do you have nine round down there, nine round boxing? No. There's a few so, boxing gyms, but nope. I don't know of any franchised ones. At least in Minnesota, they're 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 all over. There's there's nine round. There's um, uh, uh, what we have one just called up here, just box, just li literally <laughs> just B O X. That's it. Um, there's a few of them, and they all kind of follow the same idea, where the idea is you train like a fighter. Again, mm -hmm. air quotes, people. Um, and the idea is that you go in nine rounds specifically, because their model is one I'm most familiar with. It's um, you do nine rounds and you go from position to position to position and you're doing, you know, fighter inspired activities, hitting a speed bag, a heavy bag, focus pads, you know, that kind of thing. You're doing, you're ducking under a rope. You're, you know, you're just shadow boxing, whatever the case may be, skipping rope, you know, the standard, you know, think of, you know, all the, all the Rocky movies and, and mm -hmm. think about what's been going on. <laughs> what's special. Those. You know, my, minus the, minus the picking up of logs in the Russian, in the, in the, in the Siberian tundra. You yeah. know what I mean? No big sides um, of beef hanging anywhere around. What's that? No big sides of beef hanging around anywhere. You have to. Yes. Yeah. Stuff. No, yeah <laughs> I, I haven't seen any of those. Other than, <laughs> exactly. That might be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so they and they do that kind of thing again 
great, gets people moving, gets people active. But we, we, we bump up into that, the limit of uh, the, the limits of progression as they relate, uh, sorry, the limits of variables of progression as they relate to doing a principally cardio-based activity uh, as opposed to weight training one, resistance-based one. Um, you're running up to the limits as to what can you do. You can only, you can't increase duration because you're limited to the duration of the class, again, uh, between 35 and 45 minutes. You can't really increase um, frequency because they try to limit you to doing one class a day. Uh, or, you know, so maybe you're, so you're doing seven classes a day. Okay, great. You can't really do that beyond a certain point. So really all you can do is try to increase the intensity. So you have one variable that you can change. Uh, how long before you bump up into a limit? And, you, you know, it's, it's not a linear, as we all know. Intensity, yeah. all these things are non-linear. So you're not going to say, I'm going to add, you know, this many punches to this round, you know, every day. It can't be done. So, again, we run into a, uh, a an adaptive limit where you see people adapting to uh, that, that activity and then they're stuck, you know. And like you said earlier, you, you suggested earlier, you can only do so much and and, and you wire your brain to, to seeking that reward of that sensation and you're no longer getting it. So it's um, it's kind of like chasing the tail of the dragon, uh, I call it. You know, you're always looking for that first high again for those who may appreciate that. You know, not that I've ever done anything like that before, <laughs> so I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, you know, and I, I kind of, and I, I've always felt that people who do these classes are always searching for that, that initial hit, that, that, that same sensation again and hit in, in both sense of the, uh, mm. both uh, terms are high intensity yeah. and, and uh, the actual hit. So uh, I found that to be a little bit, um, I find again, that to be disappointing in, uh, I shouldn't say disappointing. I think I find it somewhat disingenuous. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Well, like, it's, the marketing is usually with most of these places is this is the only thing you ever need, right? And it appeals yes. to that that sensation that all humans are wired for. I want the answer. I want the single bullet theory. I want that it's harder to understand complexity, especially when you get into human physiology. So people Absolutely. want the answer. And so I think a lot of gyms fall into the habit of Therefore, marketing, this is the answer. And it is to some degree, but like you said, what is the progression in there for especially long-term yes. success? And that's exactly it. Uh, and I think the, I think the more, I, I think we as fitness pros have a responsibility to keep educating people. It's, it, that's not the answer. It, it, you know, there is no, there is no one-stop shop. There, there is no magic bullet. It's, you know, there's no potion or pill you can take in order to, to make certain you're getting everything you need and everything you want. It's, it is a process of development. It's one that takes time. It's one that requires, you know, consistent application of multiple variables over time. And that's the key multiple variables over time, not just one thing, one dimensional. Um, and that's a really hard concept for people to understand, um, mostly because they don't want to understand it. Yeah, That's the reality. They just yeah. don't want to. They don't want to hear it. They, they, what, just tell them what I have to do, I'm going to do it. It's, it's like when I do my, my, um, my individual consults for one-on-one -on -one, uh, personal training instruction to try to get people to understand their rationale, it's, you know, it's that whole, just give me a program. Mm -hmm. Just give me a I don't need your motivation. I can do it on my own. 
And again, the complexities that you alluded to earlier of the progressions, of the, the, the modifications, the adapt adaptive responses, these things are just cast by the wayside because they're, they're you know, to, to, um, to quote our friend, uh, uh, who was your former, your former vice president down there? Uh, the one that, uh, Al Gore, yes. Oh, Al, Al Gore. <laughs> the, the inconvenient truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> the inconvenient truth of, of progressions. Um, it, 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 it's, a, it's real, and we just ignore it. We ignore it. So, and I think that that's for all of these classes. And again, it, it comes back to, um, to ide the gold standard to me, I'm going to keep saying it, is the one-on-one -on -one instruction. You know, uh, you know, which is which is what we all do, whether it's re distance and remote the way you do it or more one on one and direct the way I do it. it it's that personalized approach. Um, I recently wrote an article for uh, the CanFit uh, newsletter monthly magazine up here. You're familiar with CanFit, mm -hmm. the organization? Yeah. Yeah. So the largest uh, one of the largest certifying bodies in the world uh, and um, certainly the largest in Canada. And uh, I talked about that in, in with through the lens of people going back to the gym after the post-COVID closures, there was a real, uh, a real difference in people who went back who had uh, utilized the services of a trainer and were utilized the services of a trainer versus those that did not. Uh, and I, I spoke at length about how the relationship with the trainer helped and how people who have invested time, effort, and money into a trainer uh, usually have a deeper understanding of what fitness actually is along the lines of how we're talking about it. Um, and how for many people it means more than just doing a 30 minute class a few times a week, you know, be it a 45 or, or, or orange theory, or even your Zumba class in your traditional, uh, gym setting. Um, so I, I think again, that's always going to be the gold standard for me. And I think that's the big one for most people, but let's save that for a little bit later. Let's move on to the next, uh, kind of class that's out there. Um, the big one most recently, and this is the fastest growing one in the industry right now, is uh, F45. Hmm. Do you have them down where you are? I think we're starting to get a few, but it's not as popular. And again, I'm all basing this on very limited exposure from what I've seen since I haven't really been traveling for six months. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, F45, F45 has come out of, uh, I believe they came out of Australia. And there's, I don't know, something like 12 or 1300 studios all over the world right now. Um, and I know, again, up here in Toronto, um, they, they literally are almost seemingly at every corner. Hmm. It's ridiculous. Uh, you, you, the, the whole Toronto market is saturated. Um, and within the city proper, you can't find, you can't buy a, a license anymore because they're all sold out. Wow. So there's, there's, yeah, there's got to be. I, I made close to a hundred sec 70, maybe I, I'm not exactly sure. I have to double check those numbers and I'm sure someone listening to this who actually knows like, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> probably am. I, I, I totally <laughs> am, but I know there's, there's many and they're all over the place. Um, and I, I've, I've worked closely with them in helping start up a few studios as a, on a consultancy level. And one of the reasons I did, I did it was, I thought their system was a little different. And I, I noticed I didn't say better. I just said yeah. different. And there's a specific reason for that. 
The one thing I like about F45, and this is their traditional model, the idea is that you have multiple stations of, of exercises throughout the gym floor or the, the studio floor, and it's all hand-based equipment. They will use rowing machines and, and uh, studio cycles, but uh, very rarely. Um, anyway, and the idea is that you, you're in station one and you're doing your workout and there may be two, up to two other people doing that same exercise at that station. And then as a group, you move to the next station uh, on a prescribed time frame interval. Uh, you know, the standard, uh, whatever, whatever the interval is, it changes all the time. And there's different exercises and different, and they would base uh, one day on strength and one day on cardio. And the idea is that you're, you're working different energy systems um, as, you, as you progress through the week. Um, I was, how do I say it? Now what they've done, and I, I praise the organization as a business organization, they managed to kind of adjust and adapt to the new reality very well. And when everybody thought that they were just gonna go under because there's no way they're gonna be able to run their business the way they did, they adapted it and now everybody stays in one station and they do multiple exercises within one location, one station with their set of equipment. So it's pretty great what they did. Um, and again, I'm, I'm really impressed with how quickly the, the mothership was able to, to get everybody back up to speed. Um, so, so let's talk about the exercise. Let's talk about it physiologically. Um, so it's primarily resistance-based. Um, you know, again, similar to the, the the movements that you just described earlier in CrossFit, the the deadlifts, the 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 overhead press, the, uh, some overhead pressing, some cleaning. Yeah, with, with kettlebells and dumbbells and barbells. Um, so in that regard, great sound movements. Um, and then you're using some ropes and you're using some uh, uh, BOSU balls and, and, again, the cycles and whatnot. So really kind of great, fun stuff. Uh, the difference between what they do there versus what CrossFit did, it's never AMRAP. It's never – you're never going till you're done. And one of the things that they always say is when you feel tired, stop. If you can't do any more, stop. That, that – Novel concept. What's that? <laughs> Novel concept. Novel concept. Yeah. Not based on just try harder. <laughs> that's exactly. But Mike, you nailed it on the head. Like that's exactly. Here we are. That should not be a novel concept. That should be. I know. Be, that should just be how to do it. Like, be reasonable. And and this is why I was really impressed by them. They 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 promote this kind of rational, not not rational, but a reasonable approach to fitness. Um, yes, it's intense. Yes, it's hard. Absolutely, but. Uh, you know, when I went in to, to do a class, they always said, hey, if you're feeling you can't go anymore, just stop. Just take a break. Rest. There's no need to go on. Now, granted, that may have been the particular studio I was at. Sure. But from what I've heard when speaking to some others who are who are involved in the education side of, of that, that's what they preach. It's like, take care. Take, just be careful. So, um, you know, so I, I do like what they do. Uh, my criticisms and there are many. <laughs> My criticisms of F45 are some of their exercise selections. Uh, again, I know they, 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 one of their big things is you're never going to do the same workout twice. Mm. Right? That's, their, that's their claim to fame, which that's wonderful, but how do you chart your progress? Yeah. You know, how do you measure progressions? How do you, how do you know? Like, what's your, what's your, how are you no, no, noticing improvement? Um, 
So that's kind of cool, but novel. But I often find that when people ascribe to that notion, they're novel for the sake of being novel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? It's 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 they're being creative. Like they'll create all these cool exercises just to say, "Hey, look at this cool exercise I created," as opposed to, "Here's the value of this exercise." You know, it's like a sumo deadlift high pole. It's like I'll never yeah, understand yes, that one. Yes. It's like really, <laughs> what what? Okay, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> yes I, I think that's actually an exercise in their program probably <laughs> you know and and i know throughout my career that's always been to me a real challenge you know i i, I years ago i was running a gym and i had a trainer who was told to me she was uh, when i first took over the gym she's a veteran trainer she was really great you know wonderful clients and she kept on renewing her train her clients which is wonderful that's good uh, and then I watched her and I remember she would say to me, my job is to build a dependency with my clients. Uh-uh. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, why did you say, oh, why did you say, oh, oh, because I think that's like, to me, the thing that I don't like about the training industry, which I say has gotten a lot better. Yes. Um, and I, as much as I hate to admit it, I agree from a business model right so my goal is when i work with clients that hopefully at the end either we change goals because we got to your goal and you want to work on something else great or you kind of know what to do now it's an educational process i don't i do actually the direct opposite because i don't want them to be texting me you know which has happened from target going oh are these green beans okay you know like (laughs) all the crazy stuff that you get when they're super dependent upon you only. And I get it. You're trying to keep them in business for as long as possible. You don't have to get new clients, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. at some point, they have to go out into the really real world or you may not be there. And they're like, oh, not prepared to handle that at all. Yes. <laughs> You're totally right. And and I, I don't remember where I read this. And I'm embarrassed because it was, it's such a uh, an important piece in my life. But I remember reading somewhere... Uh, where it said about trainers, describing trainers, uh, a, a trainer tells, a good trainer demonstrates, mm. an excellent trainer educates. Mm, I like that. I love, I, I love that one. I, and I wish I remember who said it because I'd love to credit them. I just don't recall. I'm yeah. just saying it's not mine. I'm not taking credit for it, but I do use it a lot. And that's, that's the ethos I've kind of lived with and educated any trainers I've worked with over the years to say, if you feel that you need to build a dependency with your clients and they have to be dependent on you, that says to me one thing. It says to me that you as a trainer aren't educating yourself. Yeah. You're not learning. You know, you're not growing. And, and if you feel you're going to teach your client everything you know, you need to no more like yeah <laughs> learn more stuff if that right? takes 20 minutes you're hosed for yeah, starters <laughs> exactly you know and and instead of having to come up with crazy and, and alluding to that that trainer earlier one of the things she did was she came up with these crazy exercises all the time they're just really weird i, I, I didn't you know, listen, I've done some weird stuff with clients. I've had them do some weird things that don't look anything like a traditional exercise. But there's always a rationale because when yeah. I build exercise, you know, I look at the person's goal, that, that that particular requirement, whether it's addressing some kind of orthopedic issue or an imbalance or whatever it is that we're doing, and you reverse engineer the movement to accomplish that. But that's based on, you know, sound physics and, uh, and anatomy 
so that there's some logic and rationale to the movement. It doesn't always work, but it, at least there's a rationale behind it. With her uh, and other trainers like her, I remember I would ask, why are you doing that? Oh, because my client expects to do something different today. Mm. And to me, that's that's a very, very um, dangerous <laughs> yeah. you know, and scary thing. So there's no thought process, no rationale. We're just going to do something different. And that's part of the criticism I have with F45 is, again, a lot of these movements that they put out there, while they might seem reasonable, there's, like, you know, one of the, they, they like to do uh, the, the high pulls, mm -hmm. uh, big on high pulls, like narrow grip, mm -hmm. and they insist on a narrow grip. Mm -hmm. So I'm always worried about shoulder stuff and yeah. maybe there's a better option. Maybe go a little wider if we're going to do a high pull. And, um, you know, things like that or standing on an unstable surface while, you know, putting a, a weights overhead. That makes me super nervous, you know, and is that is that the best choice? Probably not. You know, the, the risk isn't the, 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 the risk to benefit ratio doesn't work in that situation. But again, because they have to do something novel all the time there, that's driving them to do things that they may might not do in more traditional circumstance or a good trainer might not do in traditional circumstance. Um, that said in the F45 setting, there's always at least two trainers walking around, um, which I think to me, uh, it makes it way better. Uh, and I think it's, it's great to have that. So there's always at least two, sometimes three, uh, professionals keeping an eye on, on everybody moving around. Um, and I think the staff, num I mean, the, the participant numbers are between, uh, now I think it's down to about 15 people per studio. It used to be up to as many as 36 in the larger. Oh wow! Studios. Yeah, uh, and I got to tell you, I've been to one. I've been to a class with 36 people going through. You know, there's a DJ playing, and it's a, it's amazing. It's this hmm. great energy experience. Um, uh, you know, but but I, I, everybody there was in relatively good condition, not a lot of orthopedic issues, and was prepared to do the work. Um, you know, and so in that regard, this again, this particular studio held itself to a higher standard and was very careful. And I found that very useful and, and, and encouraging. But, you know, how many have that same ethical responsibility to their to their members? I don't know. I yeah. can't speak. I've seen. Um, but that, again, I think that the, the, the basic foundation of the F45 approach is kind of neat. Um, and because it's not, you know, push until you vomit. Uh, to me, that that's a, generally a good thing. I'm sure you agree. That's usually a a good idea to not not let your clients vomit. It's no, that's <laughs> that's bad. I mean, it, funny story. In some advanced athletes, I think the for me the hallmark is what range do you have, right? If someone is brand new, like their ability to do high quality work is just limited because they're just really not that trained. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you tell them, okay, I want you to go at an RPE of a 9.5 out of 10, it's like, yeah. oh, I don't know. They have like no idea. Right. Yeah. So when I was training people more in person, I, I had to get better at what is a exercise I can get them to do where I know they could go really hard in terms of effort, but not mechanically destroy themselves. Right. Yes. So I did a lot of sledgehammer work, a lot of car pushes, reverse sled drags, stuff like concentric movements. You kind of are automatically will line up the right biomechanics and that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, but funny story is, so if you get into more advanced level athletes, you will, on certain test days, 
I think this almost gets sort of romanticized now with Instagram and Facebook and everything else. The people who are new will see a more advanced athlete go very hard, not understand the context that, okay, this was a test day or a competition day. Um, we had that in Costa Rica once. Uh, Pat Davidson had us do this horrible thing he called the Cajun, which was from mass to it was a trap bar deadlift for 10 reps, uh, flat bench press for 10 reps, and then what was it? Chin ups as max as, or pull ups as max as you could, about a 45 degree press, and there's one other exercise I'm missing. I think there was a squat or something in there too. Like five yeah. exercises, 30 seconds between each one, 10 rep max for each one. And then you had like a two or three minute rest between rounds. You had to do three rounds. Whoever could do the highest number of volume in the shortest amount of time was the winner. Yeah. Completely just utterly friggin' just miserable. Yeah, but for sure. So we're running rounds through this. And all of a sudden I look over and here's a buddy like laying on the ground, like twitching like this under Ah. a waterfall. And I looked over, I'm like, Anthony, I'm like, dude, are you okay? And Pat walks by and he goes, oh, yeah, he just finished his third round. He'll be fine. And oh, I'm my like, oh, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I think you, if that's taken out of context, you see that and people who are new go, oh, my God, that's the amount of effort I must apply. Yes. They forget that a lot of these guys have been training for 10 to 20 years, too, you know, so. <laughs> and, and, and But you're absolutely right, Mike. And, and this is the kind of thing that you remember a few years ago when when uh, uh, the 300 workout was really popular. Yes. Yeah. So and, and then all those workout challenges. And listen, that's great. You know, I used to do it all the time. And I actually uh, a funny story about that. A guy bet me five thousand dollars. I couldn't get it in under 20 minutes. Wow. And, yeah. Which was <laughs> stupid. And I did, and I won. He never paid, he never paid me. He never paid oh. me. Oh. So, Dave, if you're listening, you owe me five Gs. That's right. <laughs> Pay up, buddy. So, so anyway, um, and he ne- and and but but again, that was fun. But I was also in tremendous condition at the time, where you know this was my my body had no issue doing that. I had built up yeah. that kind of approach, uh, that kind of uh, conditioning and and capacity, you know. And and this is another thing where you know, when you're doing it in a group setting, you're going to have that natural kind of tendency to want to keep up and not want to suck out and, and, you know, not want to bail on your, on your comrades. And that's human nature. But again, we need to let people know that if you're not ready, don't do it. You'll get there, but you're not going to get there if you destroy yourself in the first round, you know? And uh, so these are real, real challenges for people and and it's funny you mentioned that challenge like i i, I recently went back and i started doing some uh, edt style workouts yeah, yeah. uh like That's popularized by training daily. Mm-hmm. and i i gotta tell you i i love it I, I love it i really like what he's doing what what how that works with that you know you're, you're using a 10 rep max but you're only doing five reps for example yeah and to yeah. me that's a really great kind of built-in biofeedback that you're not you're not going to go to your limit. You're, you're, you're staying well away from your limits to avoid those injurious possibilities. Um, and, you know, and, and if, if we can figure out some way to structure these classes, uh, whether it's F45 or Orange Theory 9 or any of those, even, even CrossFit along those kinds of that kind of thinking, um, I think we'll go a really, really long way in increasing the longevity of your participants. This is the thing I never understood about CrossFit. If your goal is to hurt your clientele, okay, what happens to your business? Like it's 
how is that a good business model? I've yeah. I never understood that. But I think that you was know? actually built when you could put up a sign and say CrossFit, you know, East Cupcake, whatever. And people yeah. just automatically flood your studio. And that's that yeah. hasn't been the case for many years now. But I think the thought unconsciously was, well, it doesn't matter. I've got plenty of people coming in, so I don't. I just don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. But such a short-sighted view. And I, I don't agree with that, but yes. Of course not. I remember years ago, I was working, uh, a, a buddy of mine, this guy that I knew, um, he, he had a couple of boxes, and he brought one of his athletes to me to take a look. So I was doing some, some uh, manual work at the time, manual body work at the time, and, um, and he came to see me, and I was looking at him. I said, okay, well, what happened? And he goes, well, we did a nine-minute, you know, all-out, uh, I can't remember what it was, you know, AMRAP workout, and then we finished with, uh, we finished with uh, one rep max snatch oh yeah exactly e. yeah so I, I i said pardon you you did nine minutes of all-out effort nine minutes we're not talking in 90 seconds nine minutes of all-out effort and then you went and you did a one rep max snatch this was your one rep max rested right he goes yeah so I, said, I, 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 I just looked at him. I said, what are you doing? Why would you do that? He goes, well, that was the wad. I'm like, well, who developed yeah. the wad? And he points to his coach right there. Oh. The so I immediately turned to the guy and said, you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> Why would you do this to these people? Like, use your head, man. Like, what are you thinking about? And sure enough, that this, this guy was getting ready to represent uh, the box at one of the games, one of the regional games. But he was done. He couldn't do it anymore. He was hurt. So uh, I was like, all right, man, he's out. Like, I did my best, but you, you damaged this guy. He had some structural damage. Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately, not as bad as that really famous uh, or infamous video of the guy dropping the, the, the loaded uh, uh, barbell on his, uh, on his lumbar. Remember that one? Mm, there's probably been a few of them I've seen, but yeah. He, that guy, that guy, apparently, that guy became some kind of a paraplegic. I, I don't know. Oh, I know which one you're talking about now. That was from many years ago. Many years yeah, ago, yeah. 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 We're old, Mike. We've been around for a while, but <laughs> I know. And I remember seeing like the was it the mixed grip deadlift and people's biceps popping, and then the oh yeah deadlift and box jumps was it, and people blowing Achilles heels and yeah. So it, I mean, at least the CrossFit's credit, I will say that most of the coaches that I do know have yes. gotten infinitely better over the last few years. They had to from doing continuing education. I will say that. Out of all the organizations I've worked with, like people who do CrossFit are routinely probably number one to pay for continuing ed. I That's can't say that about amazing. very many other <laughs> organizations. So oh, it has gotten a, a lot better. That's an that is amazing, and I think that's a testament to the kind of person, the quality of the individual that enters that sort of totally. uh, field, you know. And and I think it's really important. Now um, I know we got we got a couple more yeah, minutes. About five minutes there? left. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so I didn't. I don't want this to turn into a bashing of anyone, and, and I'm not because one of the things that's really important to understand is as as we've always been saying from the beginning, it's important to do something. It's important to be active on some level. Um, but I, I always, you know. Another story, I, I was, I can't remember where I was, and I get this all the time. You know, I walk into a, a, a restaurant, a bar, whatever, and someone will say to me, hey, you know, and, and, and wow, you're, you're really built. Like, how do, I, how do I get like you? And my response is always the same. Hire a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> Hire a professional. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
and and the, their response is typically no i don't need that no that's my program bro <laughs> yeah okay then stay small and fat like what do you want me to tell you yeah. like it, it, you ask me what's the secret i tell you there is no secret it's just do it smart hire a trainer learn study grow get better at it and you want a shortcut you want oh you i took a pill or i i i i ate you know a pound of carrots uh, yeah. every day it's it's, it's <laughs> not it so and i think that's again alluding to what we said earlier about people looking for the magic bullet there is no magic class uh, there is no magic uh thing it's 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 all about consistency and application and and but being thoughtful and reasonable so what i would tell anybody listening to this is find a good professional which you know find someone and obviously someone like yourself you know with, with all the programs that you offer and the online education you offer like I, i've learned a ton from you over the years and um i think there's so many people whom you've helped and again, I'm not here to, to blow smoke here, Mike. I just, I just really, really appreciate and respect what you've always done. I genuinely respect you and what you've done in this industry and what continue to do. And, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to have these discussions because it, it's a forum for, for, for those of us who actually, actually give a shit. Like we actually care about the people who are listening and the word, and we take responsibility in the words that we say that they have weight to people. And, you know, it's it's easy to bash each other in the industry. We've done it so many times, uh, all of us at one point or another. Oh yeah. You know, like CrossFit, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was TC Luoma who wrote an article on 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 uh, T Nation about there's room for all the freaks at the table. I think that, that might was one be. of the articles. It might have been him, or it might have been Brian Cron, but yeah, it could be one ah, of those guys. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it was, it was a T Nation article. I remember. I remember looking at that, going, "That's so amazing," you know. And there really are. There really are. There really is room for everybody. Um, as long as we hold each other to a higher standard of, of really trying to grow. And what you said about the CrossFit instructors and, and that to me is very heartening and very uh, uh, it, it elevates me uh, and uh, to make me feel that that there's hope. You know, and and again, the work you do, the work that, you know, that, that, that Berardi and his organizations do, even, you know, John uh, Goodman of the PTDC. Yeah. All those guys, like to name drop here, you know, um, good Canadians. They, I think they do some amazing work. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Sorry. Good Canadians. They're Canadian. Yes. <laughs> sorry. A little bias. Is my bias showing? Mike, let me just put that away. Hold on. <laughs> no, but and, no, and I love even, those guys. You know, and I think it's wonderful. And I think it's necessary because we have all this confusion that people get inundated by, particularly now with Instagram and you know, every everybody and, and his or her brother and sister is a pro and, you know, the, 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 the fake photos and, you know, uh, the fake programs and do this program and you'll get a booty like this. It, it's uh, it makes me sad. <laughs> it makes me sad. But then again, we have conversations like this with people like you and and it gives me hope that that we that reason will prevail. You know, I have to believe that reason will prevail. And. You know, uh, you know, I have, uh, as you may recall, had our affiliation with the MAT organization and the mm -hmm. RTS organization, and, yep. and now the the the, the uh, you know the 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 muscle consortium and the muscle specialists, all these groups, and they're really great people who their goal is just to elevate the game for everybody, and and I'd highly recommend anybody who's actually looking to learn to look into these kinds of organizations and and start their their journey into you know 
being critical. Being critical. It's very important to be critical as opposed to taking things at face value just because, you know, Mike T. Nelson said it or because Mario Brady said it. No, be critical. Call us out. Send the questions. Challenge us to demonstrate why we believe what we believe. And, you know, and, and it'll be there. You know, the, the, we, we can provide the evidence. We can provide the rationale for why we do things this way. It's not pie in the sky or, or my favorite because my professor told me so. Yeah. <laughs> How sad is that when you hear that, man? Like, what do you I don't even like it when people tell it to me and put it on their papers. I'm like, dude, you didn't learn anything in this class. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to, you know, back up where they're teaching you how to write and how to back it up with data. And I don't even care if your opinion's completely different than mine. That's not the point. It's can you construct a, you know, valid argument and have data? And, a cogent yeah. argument. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know when I do my teaching, I want people to argue with me. I want my students to disagree. Yeah, you want with them me. to be engaged. You want them to ask good yeah. questions. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I love that. So I think, again, the stuff that we're doing is really important. Um, you know, the stuff that, that I think we're trying to get, trying to get the, the organizations uh, account, held accountable for what they say. Um, it, it, it's, it's not easy, but I think it's good work and it must be done. And uh, I think it's only going to happen at a grassroots level like we do here where we just talk and we have conversations and some people get into it, some people don't. Um, and that's really it, man. That's, I think that's, that kind of, that sums everything up. Um, you know, uh, we can talk about stuff like this all day and, uh, you know, I hope it wasn't, didn't come off as too critical of people. I, I'm not, I'm just really careful, you know, and, and I want people to be careful about the decisions and it's, there's no hate, there's no hatred, there's no anger. It's just, be, just be responsible for what you say and what you claim in your marketing and your in your packaging and in your Instagram posts and just be sure people are listening and there's somebody out there listening who who is going to take you at your face value and be, be sure you mean what you say and back it up. That's all. Yeah, That's all. and I would just echo your advice too. It's it's the same as anything else in life. Like if you want to figure out how to run a business, I mean, I paid a business mentor a a ton of money for two and a yeah. half years because. I didn't go to business school. I didn't take a single friggin' business class. And yes. oh, if I want to run my own business, maybe I should pay this guy who, you know, had done fitness chains and had you know a lot of success. But he could also explain, you know, what he did, right? So I think it's fitness is no different than pretty much any other way. If you want to be a professional chef, you're probably gonna pay someone to show you how to do it, right? So fitness <laughs> isn't any different. If you want to change your body comp and you know get stronger, whatever your goals are like paying someone to kind of mentor you along in the process is going to be the fastest way there. Uh, that's no different than any other field. So I agree. hundred percent. Like that's exactly it. It's just, it's something unique about fitness. It's, you know, people always say, um, well, I know how to use my body, so I don't need a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Listen, how you use I, your body? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I always bad. say, I always say, I, I use two, two analogies for that. I say, one, have you ever been in an airplane? Like you've been a passenger. Yeah. So you, you know how to sit in an aircraft. That doesn't mean you know how to pilot one. Yeah. You know? Or, or you know how to drive a car. Doesn't mean you know how it works. Right. And what you should do to take care of it. So I use all those examples and it works for the most part, but you know, it's, uh, 
it's never easy to get people to recognize there's more to it than taking care of the body than just giving it some food and you know sleep once in a while there's there's more way more especially if you have a goal body recompositioning yeah. performance strength whatever the case may be and that's just it but listen this i think that's that's what that's why we're here and this is why we love what we do in spite of in spite of the ups and downs of this industry treating us well in some days and not so well in other days but we do what we can and try to be um trying to maintain um uh, 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 a, a nobility, if you will, not even nobility, uh, an ethical responsibility to 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 elevating the game overall for everybody. That's what yeah. I think. Love it. For awesome. Where, Where can people find out more about oh, you? Awesome. Yeah. What's that? Sorry. Uh, Where can people find out more about you? Uh, so again, I, I am on Instagram, Mario Mavridis, my name, M-A-R-I-O-M-A-V-R-I-D-E-S. That's the best way to get a hold of me, send me messages. Um, alternatively, I'm now working with uh, Tap Out Fitness, so you can find us online. Uh, Tap Out Fitness Canada is where I am uh, based. Uh, right now, we just opened our first location in, Wood in Woodbridge, uh, just north of Toronto, uh, right by, uh, we're right next to Canada's Wonderland, if that helps. So <laughs> it's a big, it's a big amusement park in Canada, uh, our one. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, if, if there's any Canadian listeners who, who want to come by and converse, I'm happy to have that conversation check out the facility. It really is amazing. And next time you're up here, bud, we're going to make sure we get a good workout in at the facility. All right. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Hopefully uh, I'd love to go back to Toronto. I, I love it there. It's a, it's a great, great city. We love having you, man. So anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Always good talking and uh, take care and stay sane in Canada. Eh? <laughs> always, always, buddy. Give my regards to Jody, okay? Will do. Thank you. See ya. Hey, buddy. Take care. Have a great trip. See you later. Will do. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Flex Diet Podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks again to Mario for coming uh, back on again. His second appearance here and giving you the rundown of some of the major gym chains and uh, the pros and the cons so if you or a family member are interested in that you'll have hopefully more information on how to make an educated decision and if you're looking to take your nutrition and recovery to the next level or you are a trainer and you're looking for a complete system to do nutrition and recovery, check out the Flex Diet certification. Go to flexdiet.com, F-L-E-X-D-I-E-T.com. We break down the eight different interventions you can do from proteins to fats to carbohydrates to fasting, sleep, neat, exercise, and more, all within a very flexible system based on flexible dieting and metabolic flexibility. Uh, we even have a lot of super cool expert interviews in there uh, from uh, my good buddy, Dr. Stu Phillips, Dr. Jose Antonio, Dr. Dan Party, Dr. Hunter Waldman, and many others, uh, even Dr. Eric Helms, and they're talking about flexible dieting specifically. So go to flexdiet.com, go to the wait list, and you'll be notified the next time that it opens, and you'll also get put on a daily newsletter, which is all my ramblings and content delivered directly to your inbox. So flexdiet.com, F-L-E-X-D-I-E-T.com. Thanks again so much for listening to this podcast and sharing it. 
If you'd like to leave us any comments or reviews, we would absolutely love that. We do read all of them. Thank you so much. Talk to you again soon.